0: Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Well, if you listened to the last episode and you heard the tease, blasphemy may be committed on today's show. I am I am just shocked at the headline, and I'm sure you were too when you clicked on today's episode. Six reasons to not do a Roth conversion. I never thought I would hear those words uttered on this show, but... Hey, that's where we are. And David's going to uh, keep us on our toes today as we get uh, into the, uh, some interesting details on this episode. Uh, anybody who listens to this show, David, and welcome to another episode, by the way, anybody who listens knows that you're a big fan of Roth IRAs and uh, and, and just Roth in general, even if it's part of a you know 401k or 403b kind of situation. Uh, you like Roths a lot. So wh- why are we taking sort of this uh, other angle today?
1: Well, I do like Roths. And and I think as we said a couple of weeks ago, they're the second best other than an HSA. They're a super, super good retirement vehicle and a really good inheritance vehicle. But there are certain times when you probably shouldn't do a Roth conversion. Maybe it's for the next year or two, I shouldn't do one. But further into my retirement, they would make sense. For some people... They just don't make sense at all. So what we've got here are six, I think, you know, well, there are reasons that I have come up with that I have encountered over the last year or two in talking to clients about whether or not we should do a Roth conversion. So these are all live from the front lines, and I hope that they're really helpful for our listeners.
0: All right. Very good. I have an advanced copy of the list, folks. So we will dive in. If you have any questions about something we address on the show today, you could of course, get in touch with David online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. If you're new to the show, David is the president and wealth advisor of KC Financial Advisors and uh, based out of Overland Park. And uh, we'll give you the phone number and ways that you can get in touch with David a little bit later on in the show or just check the description uh, for those methods as well. All right. So six reasons not to do a Roth control conversion. How about number one here? I can't stomach paying my taxes early.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I hear that a lot. And, you know, we've been taught for years, especially as IRA and 401k investors, defer paying that tax as long as you can. And that's true unless your future tax bracket is going to be higher. Basically, nobody listening to this podcast knows what their tax bracket is going to be in 2026 or 2028 or 2032. We have pretty good ways of guessing that, but we don't know for sure. So the, that I can't stomach paying my taxes early is a viable, is is an actual reason for certain people. They're saying, honestly, Dave, I'm I'm just not going to pay the IRS early for that. The only price of admission for converting IRA money to Roth IRA money is you have to pay your taxes now. So the only question you have to ask yourself is, how much are you willing to pay now to convert that money from tax deferred to tax free? Everything in in America has a price of admission and that's the price of admission for this. If it's deeply embedded in you, I can't pay it before it's due okay, then that's a perfectly fine reason for you not to do a Roth conversion.
0: That one makes sense and a good reason to not do a Roth conversion. I can't believe there's going to be six of these. I mean, I I could envision (laughs) one or two, uh, you know, cases, David, but to have six... It's
1: nuanced, Walter. It's very nuanced.
0: It is, it is. But these are good to know, though, because there are exceptions to every rule, right? And so we're getting to the heart of some of those today. All right, so here's number two on the list. I can't believe Roth IRAs will always be tax free. So this would be the uh, the skeptical group, right?
1: It would be. There's an old saying that tax laws are written in uh, pencil. And you know, Congress can pretty much do whatever they want to or whether they can get everybody enough people to agree to do. So could they change the rules such that five years from now I'll say, you know, this Roth thing, it really was too good to be true. So we are going to say that all Roth accounts are now taxable. Take money out. Sorry, it's taxable. I think that is an incredibly low probability. Is it zero probability? No, because very little in life is zero probability, but I'd say it's a super low probability. There are $11.8 trillion of taxable IRA accounts out there and way, way less in Roths. So the amount that they would benefit, By jerking around Roth IRA holders, it's not going to solve anybody's deficit problem. The other thing that I would lean on for that is there have been changes. Most people listening to this podcast would know that when you receive proceeds from an insurance policy, like a death benefit payout, or the way you get money out of an indexed universal life, that's based on tax law that is really old and well-grounded. And they've occasionally changed those laws, but when they have, they've grandfathered everybody else that already had that type of account and made it new rules going forward. So if in the very unlikely chance the Congress decides to do something with the taxability of Roth accounts, first of all, I don't think they're gonna do that. Second of all, they are highly likely to grandfather all of our Roth accounts, the money that we already have in Roth accounts, to be tax-free, coming out going forward.
0: That's helpful to know. And that's great perspective on that reason to not do a Roth conversion. Uh, it sounds like you've heard uh, some comments like that from people before. So <laughs>
1: very good. Well, you're kind of putting your trust in the government. Yeah. And the government has a, a $31 like trillion <laughs> debt problem. So they're going to fix it in some way, but I don't think mm. that is a measurable probability as to how they're going to fix their, t- their debt problem.
0: Good to know. All right. Uh, Third one here, reasons not to do a Roth conversion, is if somebody says, "Eh, maybe I should wait until future tax policy becomes clear. So we're not running for the problem or hiding for it, but we just want to wait for more clarity.
1: Yeah. So actually, I I probably kind of blended some of the last answer with this answer. But if, if you're pretty convinced that it's a safer bet for you to see what tax increases are going to do, then it's unlikely you're going to be convinced by somebody to go ahead and take the leap into a Roth conversion now at today's tax rates. Part of, One of the biggest things coming right up on us is December 31st of 2025, at which point the Trump tax cuts expire. Now, I've had people sit in my office and say, Dave, they're very likely to extend those. In other words, keep your tax rates low. And I'm convinced that The path of least resistance is for them to let the tax rates go back to where they were. They get a chance to raise taxes without taking a vote to raise taxes. We've got a $31 trillion debt. It's growing by more than another $2 trillion this year. And nobody in Congress wants to be seen voting for a tax increase. But they don't want to be sitting in their chairs when we have a $50 trillion tax increase. Problem, uh, debt problem either. So I think back to the movie Dumb and Dumber. Did you ever see that, Walter?
0: Oh, yeah. I never saw what was the second one, Dumber and Dumber or something Luckily, like that. Luckily, I didn't
1: see that either because this <laughs> first one was plenty dumb for yes, me. It was. Yes, it was. Uh, but the line I hear repeated all the time, and and I, <laughs> I repeat it too, is, so you're saying there's a chance. And is there a chance that tax rates could go down in the future? and you wished you hadn't done a Roth conversion this year or next. Yeah, there's a chance, but I'd say it's an incredibly slim chance. The tax rates are going down and a lot higher probability. The tax rates are going up in the future. And again, that's the determinant of whether you should do a Roth conversion. Is my tax rate going to be higher or lower in the future? If it's higher, when I take that money out of my IRA or 401k, then I have a really good reason to do a Roth conversion today.
0: Good points across the board so far and some good scenarios as well. Reasons to not do a Roth conversion Uh, covered a lot of ground already. Three more reasons to go. So let's break this next one down, David. Uh, What if we give a lot of money to charity each year? Would that be a reason to then not do a Roth conversion?
1: Yeah, it would. So obviously you're paying money, as we discussed, discussed right at the top of this. The price of admission to a Roth is paying the tax now. But if you're making ample use of qualified charitable distributions out of your IRA, in other words, you give a bunch of money to charity each year and you, for whatever reason, can't get the tax deduction, but you do a qualified charitable distribution, the money goes directly from your IRA to your charity. Well, if you don't have any IRA money left, well, then you're going to be taking it out of other accounts and perhaps not benefiting from any type of of deduction on that. So here's the way that would work. Uh, If you're over 70 and a half, you can give up to a hundred thousand dollars out of your IRA and another hundred thousand out of your spouse's IRA to a qualified charity. And you don't have, that never shows up on your, on your tax return. So if you now no longer have IRAs that you could do that with, What it probably means is that you paid tax money up front to make that Roth conversion when you could have just left it sitting in your IRA and gotten it out tax-free. So you got the contribution that you made when you were working, you got a tax deduction there, and the money you ship out to your charity as a qualified charitable distribution is a distribution from your IRA at 0% tax, the lowest possible tax rate. So if you're a really good giver, there are good reasons to keep some money in your IRA. All right. A couple
0: of good reasonings there for that particular scenario. Wouldn't have even thought of that as being one of the reasons to not do a Roth conversion. I guess that's why we do this show, David, to learn a little bit (laughs) along the
1: way unintended uh, tax consequences.
0: I feel like you, uh, you've mentioned this term before, but it escapes me to kind of what it's all relating to and what it means. This, this is why I turn to you for advice and guidance on the show, because sometimes I forget things. Irma, you have this as, uh, as reason number five, someone might not want to do a Roth conversion. Uh, Irma considerations. What's up with that?
1: Yeah, so um, we have talked about this before. There's a backwater rule in the Medicare area. And it uh, goes by the acronym IRMAA, Income Related Monthly Adjustment Amount. And the bottom line of that, the easy answer for that is, if you make what the IRS considers as too much money, then you have to pay an increased Medicare premium. Is it a massive amount? No, but it is a major irritant if you trip over this trigger and all of a sudden you have more you're receiving a penalty rate on your on your medicare for an entire year. So here's how that works. I'm going to try to keep this in a nutshell with not too many numbers, but whether or not you receive a penalty rate on your medicare when you retired, when you're retired is based on your modified adjusted gross income. And that is basically your adjusted gross income and then you have to add back into that any tax exempt any tax-free income you might have earned from municipal bonds. So if you're married filing joint, if your modified adjusted gross income is one penny over $194,000, then you have to pay a 40% penalty rate on your Medicare premium. So your Medicare premium, if I'm allowed to round up by 20 bucks, is 2,000 bucks a year. So if you pay a a Medicare uh, premium, a penalty rate, well, that's another kind of sort of 800 bucks. Is that going to kill you? No, but it is another tax you need to be aware of, uh, as you're determining whether I should do a Roth conversion. If you make over uh 246000 of modified adjusted gross income, well, now your penalty is your, your Medicare premium doubles. So that's about a $4,000 hit. To your income in the in the year after you do that roth conversion and it goes up from there such that your penalty you could be paying a rate of more than triple what your normal medicare rate is if you violate this irma level of um, of income in other words you make what the irs considers to be too much income So it's a penalty. You just want to know that build that into your Roth conversion calculation, because if you think you're paying this much in taxes, well, Irma is going to cost you a little bit more.
0: Good to know that uh, nuance as well. All right. Last one, David. We've arrived at reason number six to not do a Roth conversion or why that might come up. Uh, Won't a Roth conversion affect the tax on my Social Security? Concerns there.
1: And the question is, it might. And especially if you're early in retirement and you've worked some um, some magic to say, I'm ha- going to have way more spendable income than this, but I'm going to keep my taxable income low for a couple of years so that my Social Security is not taxable. So uh, we've mentioned this in past podcasts, but the threshold for having your Social Security not taxable is if you're single, if you're filing single, it's $25,000 or below of modified adjusted gross income, and you don't pay any tax on your Social Security. But if it's over $34,000, then 85% of your Social Security is taxable. Married filing joint, if your income modified adjusted gross income is under thirty-two grand, you don't pay any tax on your Social Security. Over forty-four grand, well, then 85% of it is taxable. Here's a, here's a quick little example that I hope will make this real clear. Early retiree, 65 years old, She doesn't have required minimum distributions until 73, age 73. Her social security for round numbers is 40 grand a year. And she has a non IRA account brokerage account, and it earns about four grand a year in interest and dividends. So her modified adjusted gross income is calculated like this. They take one half of her social security. So 40 grand divided by two is 20 grand. And then they add in her interest and dividends of four grand and her modified adjusted gross income, even though her income is $44,000, her modified adjusted gross income is 24 grand, which means she owns owns zero tax on her social security. Pretty good deal. Once she turns 73, that's not going to be the case because she'll be required to take distributions out of her IRA and that will bump her modified adjusted gross income up. But for the next two, three, four, five years, she could be paying zero on her Social Security. However, one year she decides, boy, that Roth conversion sounds like a great idea. I'd love to have some tax-free income. So she does a $50,000 Roth conversion. And that has dramatically changed her modified adjusted gross income. So all the other numbers stay the same. She still has 40,000 of Social Security. She still has 4,000 of dividend income income, but now this year, she also has 50,000 of Roth conversion. So her modified adjusted gross income now is half of her social security, 20 grand plus four grand of dividends, 24 grand, plus 50 grand of her Roth conversion. So she is now way over the minimum amount, at which point your social security becomes taxable. So all of a sudden, 85% of her $40,000 of Social Security is now taxed. At what rate? Well, because of her Roth conversion, she's bumped herself up into the 22% bracket. So now all of a sudden, the tax on her Social Security is almost 7,500 bucks. So what she has to decide is, my price of admission, she would have to say to herself, for doing this Roth conversion, (laughs) <laughs> just went up significantly because all of a sudden my social security is taxable. And before it wasn't. So it's a, that's an unintended consequence, kind of like vi- violating that IRMA limit. So when you are doing Roth conversions, that 75, extra 7,500 in tax might be a very good reason why she would decide not to do a Roth conversion a year or two or three from now, because of other things that happen on her tax return. She may already be in a spot where now her social security is taxable through no fault of her own. And in that year, maybe a Roth conversion does make sense. But in the year we just discussed, I think you'd be hard pressed to put numbers together that would say that that was a good choice to do that Roth conversion. I guess the answer Walter is it's it's prickly and there, there are certain things that are unintended consequences. Uh, I think we'd all agree our tax laws are way too complicated, but they can cause things to happen that you'd prefer to know about in advance and then make, make a really good informed decision. And some of those have to do with Roth conversions.
0: Great points, David. And yeah, I love the breakdown of today's episode. A little outside the box today. Not our usual uh, Roth conversion uh, fandom and loyalty, if you will. And <laughs> no, no fun sounders and chanting by the crowd for the Roth, but uh, some logical reasons for why you might take a different approach uh, in terms of this conversation of whether you do this conversion, whether you consider Roth in, in your corner or not. Great breakdown there, and we'll have a recap of those six reasons in the show notes today if you want to see them listed out a little bit and uh, readdress those questions in that fashion. And of course, you can always listen to episodes multiple times if you want to check this one out again to get a little bit more detail and uh, a little bit more refreshing. There will be plenty of other episodes that we do that talk about the benefits and the virtues of the Roth. Oh, Uh, you can count on that one. (laughs) I know that's not not going going away. away. Exactly, exactly. Uh, But some good counter thinking on today's show. So, So if you've got questions for David, want some clarity around anything that we talked about today, or if you're pondering a a conversion, a Roth conversion, and still need to know whether it's right for you, uh, get a full analysis of your situation by meeting with David and the team at KC Financial Advisors. It's easy to get in touch. You can dial 913-317-1414. That's 913-317-1414. Or go online to cover your assets KC Lots of good stuff available to you on the website, including past episodes, the blog, and much more. CoverYourAssetsKC.com, the place to check out there. David, thanks for all the help today. appreciate it, and uh, we'll look forward to another new episode next week.
1: Yeah, enjoy your weekend, and I'll talk to you next week.
0: We'll cook up something good for the next one, folks. So come back and join us on Cover Your Assets KC. Thanks for listening. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.